Welcome to the Transform Podcast, the podcast devoted to discussions of how the biblical worldview transforms all of life. I'm Corey Barnes, and with me is my co-host, Aaron Rice. So Aaron, we're continuing this conversation about Advent and how it informs just the regular activities that we undertake as Christians as we go through this Christmas season. Last week, we kind of defined Advent. We talked about where it comes from, why it's useful, what it's doing. What we want to do this week is take a more practical turn. So we, we ended our conversation last week by saying that while there is a, there's a rich church tradition on this that we both think can be a blessing to local churches, at the same time, it's not a celebration that has to take place exclusively within a church setting. And so what we wanted to turn to is a little bit more, how does this work just at an individual level and at a family level? So in other words, household by household. So I wanted to start just asking you a question. What are some central ways in which your family celebrates Advent, whether that's in the church or in the home or in other settings? Like we mentioned last week, particularly with our family, we have young children. We like to use visual aids. And I think that really works with not only young children, but with every age. The more we see things, we are a visual society. The more we see things, the more we can connect things. And so we like to use an Advent wreath, especially at church. You know, you've got four candles, one for each Sunday of the Advent calendar. And then again, the Christ candle that's in the middle. And so the way that we do that, obviously, is we light a candle every single week. Every Sunday, as one of these passes, somebody in our family will get to light one of those candles. And a lot of times in churches, you'll see that a family will come up, read some scripture that has to do with the theme for the day, the particular way that we're celebrating Advent, looking forward to waiting and longing for Christ. They'll light a candle, and that gives an opportunity for other families to engage in worship, right? Because Worship is not just something that something happens on the, the stage, the platform. It really is the collective work. Like the word liturgy is really meaning the work of the people, the collective work, mm-hmm. right? And so we're wanting to engage that. That's an opportunity in many churches that, that happens is you'll have a family that will go and read that and light the candle. So we do that in our, our home. We do that at church as well. And then during family devotions, we'll read passages that talk about the um, coming of Christ, the coming of the Messiah and how the world will look like before and after. And then we also read those gospel stories that tell us about what's happening, you know, in the birth of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's, so, so one of the things that comes out of that then is that a central element to celebrating uh, Advent is scripture. So the reading of scripture. Right. And I think that that's something that's important for us to understand because that is on, on that level accessible to everyone mm-hmm. As we go through the the Christmas season, and again, when we're talking about the Christmas season and we're talking about the Advent season, we're explicitly looking at the four Sundays prior to Christmas, leading up to Christmas. So as we look at that, we look at how to read scripture, that's accessible to us, not just in the church setting, but also in the the individual setting. So let's kind of apply this in two areas. I want to start talking about uh, college students because you and I are both college professors. This is a resource from Shorter University. We know that we have a lot of our listeners that are college students. So so let's kind of put ourselves in that situation for a moment, that we have one of our students, that they're going home for Christmas. And actually, there's an important note here. They're going to spend Advent in two separate settings. That's true. It's going to start in their dorm room, then likely going to transition into maybe mom and dad's house back home. Let's kind of imagine how they're thinking through. What, are, what, what does it look like? What passages of Scripture are they going through? And then as they read those passages of scripture, 
What, what's special about how they're reading those passages of Scripture at this time of year and in this celebration? You know, a few things for you to consider. There are a lot of Advent reading guides out there that will walk you through particular passages, or maybe that's a, a book that has got a theme for Advent of that year, and you can use uh, passages like that or resources like that. You can also just go through and read the book of Isaiah. And uh, for this year, a lot of churches are reading uh, passages from Jeremiah, Jeremiah 33, Zephaniah 3, or Micah 5, right? Those are your Old Testament prophet uh, readings a lot of times this year. So uh, looking at those sections, also engaging the Psalms for this, right? We think about the Psalms as, as David, and, and particularly David, and then some of the other Psalm writers, and you think, really, is there anything that really talks about the coming of Christ? Well, there are several areas that kind of allude to that and help us to focus on that coming. Psalm 25, you also have, uh, again, Isaiah 12. Really, the whole book of Isaiah is full of it. And then as you're looking on into the Gospels, obviously, Luke 1 and Luke 2 are huge for that and going on. Even throughout Luke, you've got sections of Matthew. You've got uh, Mary's song, the Magnificat, that that, uh, that we read and resonate with so well, um, especially on social issues and think about how she relates to that. And one of the things that I would encourage families or college students or anybody listening that is going to to seek to implement this rehearsal of the life of Christ year by year into their lives, especially going into these seasons like Advent and then Christmas and Holy Week and then Easter, I would encourage you to read different translations of the Bible. Hmm. For me, I love to read the King James during Advent. Mm -hmm. Um, It brings such a fresh and otherworldly type of experience, right? Because we're not reading such highbrow English anymore. We just don't. I mean, even in our emails, we seek to, whenever we're, we're, we're conversing with a colleague, we seek to sound as colloquial as possible so as not to be austere. But there are times in our lives that we seek to be austere. And so I would suggest reading that in the King James. This year, I probably won't do King James because I've been doing it so many years. So I'm considering reading from the message, seeing how the message would aptly uh, bring those things to life. So I would suggest reading in a different translation than you do your daily devotion time or than you do every day of the week uh, whenever you're reading in class or in your weekly Bible study at church or whatever, so that it's clearer or so that it brings a heightened sense of, oh, this is special. This is a preparation time for something special. So I would encourage you to do those types of things. Another thing, as you're seeking to prepare your heart and to delve into these things, find a lessons and carols service in your town, right? Mm -hmm. If you're in a college town, your college probably will do a lessons and carols service. I know here in Rome at Shorter, this is a quick Shorter plug. That's right. um, Our Feast of Carols service this year is on Sunday, November 24th. I know it is way before Advent. But that's how the academic calendar falls. But during that service on Sunday afternoon, the 24th at 3.30, we will rehearse many of these passages that talk about the the development of Advent, right? That talks about the waiting and longing, the, the uh, promise of a Christ. So you'll find those types of, of services at a, um, a university a lot of times. And many of your tall steeple kind of churches in town will do a lessons and carol service. And those services are going to read standard scriptures that are focused on the coming of the Christ and the promise 
that is fulfilled. Yeah. And let me make a, a note to our listeners on this as well, because here's one of the wonderful things about the way Advent works at a lot of churches where, you know, for, for those of us who are more conservative evangelical, there's churches that a lot of times we would, we would say, well, I don't know if that's necessarily a place that I'm going to find a lot of camaraderie in my theology there. Actually, one of the things about Advent is, is what you're going to find even at churches that aren't necessarily known for being uh, biblical in all points of their theology is that because of Advent liturgy, what happens is, is that they're singing songs that are biblical songs exactly, and they're reading the scriptures. And so exactly. it's a wonderful time to go in and fellowship there. Uh, it's one of my favorite things that we do here at Shorter. I always love being able to be a part of the, the Feast of Carols and either observing that or mm-hmm. getting to do some of the readings for that with the chorale. So as we, as we talk about these things, one of the things that's, again, just coming to the front is that you're reading scripture in a particular way. I, I love the, the idea of the, the kind of polarities of the message on one end and the King James on the other. But man, what a wonderful just dynamic for reminding us of what Christmas is. Mm-hmm. Christmas is at one level magisterial. The King of Heaven has come down. But then at the same time, how has the King of Heaven come down? The King of Heaven has come down and he has come down in swaddling clothes and has been laid in a feeding trough. Mm-hmm. The message and the King James represent those polarities. I think well, well, actually. Yeah. So uh, so I think that, that, that that's a great example of this. So so again, I think what, what you guys are hearing Aaron say here is that, again, if you're a college student and you're saying, what can I do? Well, this, read. And then find ways to worship with other Christians. And if you're not sure of what to read, uh, so just a one one of many solid resources that we would point you to on this, Desiring God, if you look up the, if you just say the Desiring God Advent Guide, uh, I think in particular, Good News of Great Joy is the name of a book that's been written by John Piper. We'll take you through. Now, that's all readings from the Gospels, but pointing you towards expectation. And, and you'll note as you're looking at that, the readings are going to focus on the Gospels of Matthew, Luke, and John, because all of these Gospels have readings that are leading up to the arrival of right. Christ. All right, now let's, now let's take a turn. So we've talked about that's something a college student can do. It's something that everyone can do. So at the individual level, now let's, now let's talk about families. So what are some things in, in your family, specific things? So we've talked about just some things that you guys do for Advent, but what is what does a night in the Rice household look like during Advent? Which which I I will preface this by saying, I know how busy you are, so I know especially during this busy time of year, there might not be a lot of typical nights in the Rice household. Right. But what are you and Lane doing with the kids? Well, we'll sing. Um, honestly, we'll sing Christmas carols. Sometimes we'll teach them in foreign languages, mm-hmm. right? And so we'll um, sing O Come O Come Emmanuel, but we'll also sing Veni Veni Emmanuel, right? Mm-hmm. And because we're longing to connect the our children with the broader Christian church, right? That the church is not just 2019 and 2020. The church has been around since the time of Christ, right? And even God's people going far back than that, right? Mm-hmm. We we always have to remember that Christ didn't come into the church. Christ came into a very Jewish and a very uh, people of God kind of uh, a mentality, not the church. Mm-hmm. And um, so we want to connect our children with the past and the presence. And so We'll sing those songs, and uh, we'll sing a variety of things. Last night, Henry's already singing uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Mm -hmm. and it is, uh, like we said, November 8th. You'll hear this uh, later on, but he's already singing 
Christmas carols. And one of the things that we try to do is unpack those. Mm-hmm. We don't just unpack them at night when we're we're having our family devotion, but whenever we're driving to school in the morning or whatever, whether we're going to Chick-fil-A, one of our many trips to Chick-fil-A, these things come up. What does it mean, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, right? Mm-hmm. What does that mean, hail incarnate deity? What, what in the world for a five-year-old does that mean? Mm-hmm. And so um, we seek to find moments of theology in common time and space whether that's sitting in the drive through or after church, we find time to redeem those moments, both for the rehearsal in our lives as believer and for the encouragement of our children. And so mm-hmm. uh, Christmas carols and Advent carols give us a beautiful opportunity to do that. So we're reading scripture and we're teaching our children the songs of the faith. Because here's the deal. These are not songs that just fall away 10, 20 years later, but they're the ones that keep over and over and over. A lot of what we do in, in our household is similar. Now, one, one of a you know memory that I have that's just a wonderful memory is last year during, I think it was actually during Christmas. It was right after the, right after Christmas day, um, but but our families were together, and we sang a couple of songs mm-hmm. together as a family, which was wonderful. Um, in in the barn song, one of the things that we do through Advent is our family worship time, beginning the the first Sunday of Advent, really begins to focus on expectation for Advent. And mm-hmm. so what we're what we do there is one we're reading particular readings from Scripture, which is a break from us, where we're usually either reading either through a children's Bible, or we alternate regularly reading through a children's Bible or from passages of Scripture, especially the Psalms. Right. Um, and we start doing some readings for Advent. I'm always going to take our, my girls through Genesis 3. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't seem like a Christmas passage. And this it is, is one of the, yeah, It is, because what we have there is this, we need to recognize that this waiting is, is precipitated, built upon the fact that we live in a broken world. And we live in a broken world that from the very moment of the brokenness, as you alluded to in our our episode last week, there's this promise that the seed of the woman is going to crush the representation of evil in the serpent. Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be an end to this. We're going to go there and we're going to say, hey, do we see how this is something that, that everyone's been waiting for? And then we're going to ask a question after we read the scriptures. And the question we're going to ask day in and day out through Advent is, how does this make us excited about Jesus. Now that question will probably change as, as my girls get older because they're four and six, but how does this make us excited about Jesus? And so one thing I would encourage families to do or individuals to do, but especially if you if you have kids, look at stories in the scriptures and then ask the question, how does this make us excited about mm-hmm. Jesus? And so, so we do that. And then we also sing. Now singing in our home is uh, Kayla. My wife's very musically gifted. I am not. Um, and as I'm the loudest voice in the room, though not the best, it might not might not always be something that would be pleasing to the ear of outsiders. But we have a we have a great time singing. We also do some, uh, especially some Latin carols. So mm-hmm. uh, Deste Fideus, mm-hmm. especially, and so uh, um, Oh Come All Ye Faithful. So uh, so one of the things that I would say about the the language aspect, there's a few things that are happening there. Some of it is in both of our families. We have kind of an eye towards classical education. So there's more going on there than you know might be typical. But another thing that's happening there is that we're, we want our girls, and I would encourage all of us as we celebrate Advent, to intentionally understand the global aspect right. of the celebration of Advent. 
So as we're reading these passages, one of the things that we ought to start looking at from, from Genesis 3, the world is broken and the world will be redeemed to Isaiah 7. And especially if we read the entire book of Isaiah, as we go from Isaiah 7 to the end of Isaiah, that this shoot that's going to come out of Jesse, this Emmanuel that will be the child where the faith of all peoples will be measured in this child. We get to the end of Isaiah. This is a global vision. The nations are going to come into this Messiah's kingdom to worship. And so as we're looking at all this, one of the things that should build up within us is that the celebration of Advent that drives us into the celebration of Christmas is a global event and not just a regional event. I think that connect with that again with what you're talking about, Genesis 3 and children. And you think a lot of listeners may think, oh, my goodness. My five-year-old's not going to connect with this. My three-year-old's not going to connect with this. My 15-year-old is probably not going to connect with this. But I think if if you really uh, analyze what's going on here, this is the beginning of the meta narrative, mm-hmm. right? Why do we go to see movies? Most of the time, because it represents the meta narrative. There is something great at the beginning. There is a problem. There is a climax. And there's a resolution. We deal with that every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, every sitcom, 30-minute spot has that in there. And so whenever we think about that, that's the beginning. This right here is really the beginning of what's going to happen. So if we rehearse that in Genesis 3 and see that that the coming of the Christ child is the beginning of the Christ event, that's the beginning of where the, the turn happens. And so seeing that, plus if you got a three-year-old boy, Snakes, man. Snakes yeah, are right. just going to be, they're going to get them. Yeah. Um, and so I think that as a listener, that might be off-putting, but I really do believe that if we see it through the eyes of this is the meta narrative come to life, this is why every story has that shape because God gave us that shape in the scripture. And so if we can, can begin to connect that with even some of the, our children, uh, some of their favorite stories, some of their favorite fairy tales, some of their favorite um, movies, this mm-hmm. connects this longing for resolution and it comes and then it comes in the form of Christ. Yeah. That's that's exactly right, is connecting all these points. And again, just to, just to make this broad again, whether it's kids or whether it's adults, is it's understanding that the celebration that should be taking place for us as Christians at Christmas is the, if, if there's one word that I think can sum this up, it's finally. Yes. Finally. And so we, we look at what is happening here. And we look at what's happening, again, Finally, putting ourselves first back into that first coming of the Messiah, I want to celebrate this season in a way that I am building up to the words at Christmas, finally, finally, the Messiah has come. And remembering that there was a time where creation groaned and finally he has come. Every story in the scriptures, if I if understood correctly, is causing me to expect that God is going to do something that's fulfilled in Jesus. Just a quick note, because the Bible scholar in me won't let it go unsaid. That doesn't mean every verse of the Old Testament is a prophecy about the coming of Jesus. But it is a part of a story and a part of a scripture that is helping us and and, and driving us towards expecting that Jesus comes. Mm -hmm. And then he comes. Why is this ultimately so important for me? Because we live in a cultural moment. When we consider the story of God's creation that is still taking place around us, 
and we look not only at the good things, but we also look at the evils of our world and the, 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 the stressors of our world and the brokenness of our world. And we say we're still waiting for something. Mm-hmm. And Advent reminds, what are we waiting on? The second coming of the Messiah. Here's, here's two essential Christmas text. Whenever we think about Christmas as the culmination of Advent. Not only at Christmas should we, should we come to the point where we are not only just, just singing out Jesus has come. Not only should we be reading from Luke chapter 2, but we should be reading from Revelation chapter 21 and 22. Here's, here's two quick passages that I think point us towards the appropriate celebration of Christmas when we get this sense of waiting out of Advent. We've been waiting on the Messiah. He comes at Christmas. We are waiting on his second coming. What are we waiting for? We're waiting for what John sees in Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard the loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them and they will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And it's clear in the book of Revelation that this is what we are waiting on. And so the book closes by saying, the one who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come Lord Jesus. Those are, those are Advent words. Maranatha. Thanks so much for listening to the Transform podcast. Transformed is a resource provided by Shorty University, a Christian liberal arts university in Rome, Georgia. For more resources provided by Transformed, including podcast episodes, book reviews, and articles, check out transform.shorter.edu. For more information on Shorter University, go to shorter.edu. Tune in next week as we continue to explore issues related to the biblical worldview. Thanks so much for joining us. Take care.